BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. What's up, geeks? It's Mike here from Geek Media Core Podcast. I just want to reach out for a second and announce that the show is now part of the Geek Vibes Nation Network, and it's something we're very excited about. Nothing is going to change with the show. You'll just be able to find more from us over on gvnation.com. While I have you here, if we could request that you guys subscribe to the program, either on the Geek Media Core, iTunes, or Google Play channel, or at the one for Geek Vibes Nation, we would greatly appreciate it. If you could leave a star rating or a short review, that would be terrific too, as it helps others to find the show. Thanks for listening, and now enjoy this week's episode. You want to try invisibility? How do I do... You forget it. You know, okay. Okay, 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 okay. Oh my god! It worked! Where'd you go? I'm right here. You can't see me? Where? Where? I'm invisible! I'm right here. I'm right here. <laughs> I'm invisible! I'm invisible! Hey! Nice outfit, dipshit. <laughs> I, I might have been testing invisibility and super intelligence at the same time. Freeman, I'm gonna come over there and beat you. right in the face the whole time! What's up, geeks? I am Mike, and this is issue number 113 of the Geek Media Corp podcast, where today we're talking about the wisdom of Solomon, the strength of Hercules, the stamina of Atlas, the power of Zeus, the great courage of Achilles, and the speed of Mercury. Or as easily stated, Shazam. Joining me as always, you must never call upon his power except in the service of right. What's up, Danny? I still don't get what the courage power does, but another 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 story for another. I guess it just makes you like not just do like most superheroes do and just stand there looking, you know, when, when something bad <laughs> happening. Makes you actually act. I, I can assume. I don't know. I, I feel like uh, a couple of these powers are redundant, but I guess we'll get into it as we go along. We are here today to talk about the seventh movie in the DC Extended Universe, Shazam. Are we even calling it the DC EU anymore? It seems like they're kind of going away from that. It's just DC films now, right? DC. I've heard DC films, Worlds of DC. I'm fine with Worlds of DC. I think that's better than you can like say like, oh yeah, this is a part of this story. You know what? You didn't like that, guys. That's a, a different universe. Don't even worry I about. Like, it. I feel like with this and whatever James Gunn's Suicide Squad is going to be, and that, yeah, and that Joker trailer that we got. I feel like the, anybody that's saying this is, isn't a soft reboot anymore is just wrong. It's very clearly a soft reboot. Apparently now Ezra Miller's out as the Flash. 
whatever. God. Yeah, I, the, the whole idea of, oh, we're going to let Ezra Miller rewrite the movie was just like, he's on his way out. That's definitely I, what that is. I don't even want to say soft reboot. I'm going to say rolling reboot. Like, this is a reboot that is, it happens to things that didn't quite click. But, like, the good things, like Patty Jenkins' Wonder Woman, that's part. We're going to roll with it. Let's just go with it, guys. Right. So, Wonder Woman, Aquaman. So, basically, it's going to be like a reboot, but you're going to have the characters that were popular. I mean, not that Ben Affleck wasn't popular as Batman, but the characters who were popular and want to be here. Yeah, let's put it that way. And I know this is a Shazam review, but I just want to say real fast, since we didn't have a show this week, that Joker trailer completely, completely surprised me. It was not what I was expecting at all. I, I think I replied to you that it seems like Robert De, Niro, Robert De Niro's taxi driver, but with Joker. And I'm here our for friend, that. Our friend Lisa had a whole Twitter thread about uh, taxi driver because of this trailer. I like the trailer. It's a, it's going to be a good movie. Joaquin Phoenix clearly embraced the role. I hate the movie already though. Cause I should never feel sorry for the Joker. I said it on this podcast, do not make me feel empathy for the devil. And they did. And so I'm already torn about how I'm going to feel about this movie. Something tells me you'll be saying, man, fuck that guy by the end. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, I'm not going to get too much, too much into it. I just say that, you know, both of us have said we know that Phoenix is a wonderful actor and we had no doubts he was going to do it. We just didn't know if anybody needed this movie, but now I kind of need it. I, I have one thing to say. Stop comparing the six Jokers. It's not, you don't need to do that. They're all good. They all have, they all have something to bring to the table and their laughs are all great. Yeah. They all do have good laughs. And I still don't think we've heard uh Phoenix's like money laugh, so to speak. But even if that's it, I'm okay with it. And everyone doing the like smiley face thing with the fingers, I kind of dig it. I'm kind of digging it. You're not digging that? Oh, see, I kind of dig go it. Back, go back to the Glasgow smile. All right. Well, we're here, guys, to talk about Shazam. Um, I think that both of us have gone on record that actually Danny kind of sold me on this, guys, because I was like Shazam was always like a, a the new Justice League character that I, I never really was like, I don't feel like he fits. I feel like he needs to be like his own thing. The only Shazam comics I ever read, I read about three or four uh, when the new 52 first started because Jeff Johns was doing it and everything Jeff Johns touches is gold. And I, I enjoyed it for the most part. So, I mean, I, I enjoyed it enough to, to get, uh, you know, a grasp on what the character actually was. And I feel like this movie definitely like a lot of the more successful DCEU movies have done, have, have taken those elements from Jeff Johns as a, uh, whenever he's rebooted a character. So I was like, I don't really need to see this. And you actually sold me on it saying, you know, Hey, it's, it's, it's big with superhero powers. And you know what? That's exactly, I think what we got. I think a friend of mine asked me, how was it? I said, it's a big, if it was mixed with a little bit of the Goonies. And I know you hate that word. I know that's like a kryptonite <laughs> word, Goonies, but it's the best thing you could think of like that, uh, big with the Goonies and made by Amblin in the eighties. It's kind of what this felt like. You take a, take away the smartphones and like YouTube uploads. And I felt like this movie could have taken place in the eighties. And you know, you know, that's my target right there. I was, I was there for it. And I had a, I had a really good time with this. I, my, my kid absolutely loved it. I mean, he was screaming Shazam all the way home. So if it hit that target demo, like I thought it was supposed to, uh, it, it did its job because um, like the kid in the movie who's, who's fighting with the Batman and the Superman and drops him when he sees Shazam. That was my kid, man. He, he wasn't even as excited for the, that, that little surprise cameo at the end. He was, he was all about Shazam. Yeah, no, what sold me on the character, you know, I knew a little bit about the comics. Uh, his portrayal in Young Justice is what really opened my eyes to how big the character could be. Uh, in Young Justice, he is a member of the Justice League. They all think he's this god. They think that he is this almighty adult superhero. And then Batman finds out, oh, no, he's actually a kid. Should he actually be on the Young Justice team? And then he begins to straddle both teams. And that's 
to me where I, I think the real appeal of the character is, is that it is a, from the adult standpoint, it is a kid with adult powers and you got like subtle layers of power and responsibility from the kid standpoint. It's what you want as a kid. You want to grow up. You want to be this big adult and you want to be a superhero and he bam checks both boxes. And I think they did a good job of capturing that in this film. I think they did a good job of uh, finding a, a different tone for this movie because Shazam can't be like Superman. And how do you differentiate between Shazam and Superman? It's Shazam's a kid. Shazam's a kid with Superman's power. Superman is an alien just trying to fit in. And it's kind of this nice little inverse. So it's kind of cool that they did have a Superman cameo in here, even though it's not Henry Cavill um, and, and kind of go from there. So overall, I thought they did a, a good job of capturing the spirit of the character, but also streamlining and simplifying because uh, this character could be complicated. And when you have a, a weird little caterpillar villain, uh, you need to find ways to s- simplify where you can. Yeah, yeah, the uh, that that mid credits. We'll get into it because uh, I was I was scratching my head, but um, <laughs> uh, I guess we can do like we usually do. We're just gonna kind of uh, run down the plot before we and, and just kind of go through it there. Before we do that though, I just want to mention again. I keep forgetting the director's name, and that is strictly because his Twitter handle is Pony Smasher, and I think that is an awesome name. So I'm just gonna call him Pony Smasher. Is it Ryan Sandberg, David Sandberg, David F. Sandberg. I will say you have brought up numerous times in a show about people who work in comedy and then move to horror, how they have such good comedic timing. And that's why it works for them. In this movie, I realized it works both ways because this guy made his name working in horror. Not only are there horror elements in here, but obviously the comedic timing is really wonderful. And I just want to say the part with the seven sins in the boardroom, I leaned over and asked my kid if he was okay because I got a little uncomfortable. I, that was scarier than anything in us or Pet Cemetery, by the way. <laughs> so, <laughs> That was pretty, pretty good. I, I was, I was, I was really quite convinced with the uh, the sins in this, and I think having the, uh, the the horror director here really, really helped add to how creepy that was. I mean, the the whole thing, horror or comedy, it's it's all derived on getting your audience to to ride a wave and knowing when to crash that wave. Sometimes it's with a jump scare, and sometimes it's with a laugh. And I thought he they did a good job of not making it too corny, too funny, um, timing it just right so when those jokes hit. They hit and my whole theater laughed. And I will say I went Saturday morning and it was packed. I've never seen it that packed for a Saturday morning showing. Uh, but they laughed when they were supposed to laugh. Everyone laughed. And yet at the same time, there were still some heavier moments to the whole journey, which we'll get into that surprised me, but I wouldn't call it dark or, or, or edgy or anything like that by any means. Yeah, it was it was appropriate, I think. Yeah. Like I said, I, I, my, that, scene, I that, that scene was a little intense. I was like, well, how much of this are you actually going to show? Yeah, he's like chewing someone's head off. And I'm like looking over my kid. I'm like, you okay? And he's like, yeah, I'm fine. I was like, all right, all right. Like, I saw him, bro. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So starting at the beginning, we start with a young Dr. Savannah. Well, he's not a doctor yet. He's just young Thaddeus Savannah. And again, character I've never heard of before this movie. Uh, him and his older brother are driving with their dad. Uh, I know where it's just, it's rainy, whatever he's playing with this eight ball, which, you know, again, I don't think that people who aren't my age understand how big the magic eight ball was, uh, during that time for this, the, the late seventies, early eighties, it was huge. It was wrapped up with the Rubik's cube. And you look at it now and be like, what, why did people find this fun? But anyway, I thought it was a really cool scene. The thing that I liked the most about it actually was it had Lionel Luther from Smallville as a, as Savannah senior. So I thought that was really, really cool. Nice little Easter egg for us. Smallville folks, no regrets, no shame. 
Uh, the whole scene I thought was really wonderful. Actually, the crash, the cinematography during the crash where the car's flipping in slow motion with the Christmas song. That was a nice little touch. But uh, before we get into the actual uh, the, the wizard part, just setting the mood here in the 70s, I thought it was a, I did not expect it to start with the villain. I thought it was going to start with uh, with Billy Batson. Uh, it was an interesting choice to start it with, with Thad. I was stunned at how much Thad journey we got. I thought that Dr. Servana would be kind of a, a an ice dwarf kind of villain where you kind of just like, oh, yeah, like you're there and you're evil. Ah, you're doppelganger. Ah. Uh, but they did a good job of giving him some depth, flushing him out a little bit to understand at least he's got daddy issues as most superheroes or supervillains do. Uh, and, and that his power, like he, he's just a dark inverted version uh, of uh, Billy Batson. So I thought they did a great job with giving him a little bit of depth, not a lot. Like he's still a, you know, mustache twirling villain at the, at the end of the day, but he's not like, Oh yeah, no, he was there and they just wasted Mark strong. So like, that's cool too. Dude, how is that guy? Not Lex Luthor. God, he's so good. That's two, that's two DC villains. Now he's played that I've been like, Oh, Pretty cool with it. He's, he's like, maybe I, I just like Mark Strong, I think. He played Sinestro and he played this, and he can't play another, but uh, maybe Marvel wants to give him a call. Hmm. Now I got to think about that before I say who, who, who he should be. Um, uh, so we get introduced to the Seven Deadly Sins early uh, Pride, Greed, Lust, Envy, Gluttony, Rast, Sloth. If you don't know that, then guys, go watch Seven, the movie. Uh, you'll, you'll learn all about them. It's really great. You also find out what's in the box. <laughs> yes, what is in the box? That is the original. What's in the box? Um, I again, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time with the uh, with the with the, actually using the sins in this movie. I did not really expect that because, like I said, that was in the Jeff John stuff really early on. I guess I didn't expect them. I mean, was Savannah really the villain of this movie, or would you say the sins are the are the villain of this movie because he's just a puppet? I mean, even Shazam, even Billy Pat points that out to him. They're just using you. Yeah, uh, I mean, you could go, you can go a little bit of both. I, I wish that they had done something more visually interesting with the, with the deadly sins. I think they all just look like kind of blobs. Personally. See, I thought they looked terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they look terrifying, but at the same time, they kind of look just like give them different colors or something like give me a better way to differentiate them when they're all on screen, because otherwise they just kind of look like, uh, I think you kind of look like gluttony and maybe your wrath. Did you watch the cartoon gargoyles in the nineties? Yes. That's what they look like to they me. Look they look like, like yeah. gargoyles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I mean, they're both kind of villains that, I mean, the seven deadly sins are still there. Uh, they could return. They could not return. Who knows? So basically he's not worthy and, you know, he gets sent away and, you know, they have the car wreck and you don't know if dad died or not. You find that out like a little later, but you actually see it's a pretty good setup for him and more than I expected for a villain. Cause you know, what was the complaint I heard about the movie before I saw it? Oh, well, the villains, you know, always forgettable. I mean, I, I think we've reached the point now where like, if a villain isn't forgettable, we just say that because we're programmed to say it at this point about these movies because mm. they focus on the hero, not on the villain. I feel like it's about 65, 35 Shazam in this movie over, over, over Savannah, but I feel like he's got a lot more than like a phase one Marvel villain head. Yeah, no, I mean, I mean the ice dwarf joke for a reason. Like, Thor two is who I don't, I couldn't tell you about the, I don't even remember the villain's name. Alicus. Yeah. Don't really know. Don't really know who played him. Don't really know what he wanted other than to, rule the nine realms. Uh, this guy had a little bit of a personal edge. He just wanted to prove to his dad that he was man enough. So I get it. So then we see how Billy actually got separated from his mother at the, at the age of three and right away, you're knowing, okay, I've, I've lost my kid in public and freaked out 
you know, and he turned out to be like three steps behind me and I freaked out. The fact that he loses his mother and can't find her, I'm like, no, nah, there's some there's something foul play going here. It turned out not to be what I thought it was. I guess we could kind of get in that a little later, but um, it just sets up the whole the whole compass thing. I thought that was a neat little touch there. Actually, actually had some payoff at the end. I kind of like the the introduction to Billy was him tricking cops. Like, it was showed- that before? Okay, I thought that was. I thought the, the flashback to Billy was. First. I mean, it kind of it kind of blends in because after he tricks the cops and pulls up the database, like they get into the flashback scene a little bit. But yeah, it shows what a little juvenile he is at first, for sure. Yeah, I mean, he's and he doesn't really like. I'm gonna be real. I don't think he changes through the movie. He's a little shit, and that's. Billy is yeah, a little man. shit, man. He's a little shit, but he, his his heart's in the right place at the end of the day. He he tricks the cops. He eats. I don't know why he eats the cops' lunch, but I would do the same thing. And he does, and he does it to find his mom. So it's that balance of like, cool, like you're you're a dickhead, but you're gonna do the right thing. You see the same thing at the school later when like he he's a dick to his his uh, siblings, and then he comes back and like saves the day. So it's one of those things with Billy that. I like, and I hope that they never just make him this like pure goody good two shoes. Like I want him to have that little bit of a, of an edge to him where he's like, yeah, I'm going to do the right thing, but I'm going to do the right thing my way. They say he's kind of like angel, like a vampire with a soul. Is that what you're saying? That's the I right mean, thing. sure. We can work, we can work that reference. Um, I will say at first I was like, why you got to trick cops to use the internet? Just use the internet, bro. And then, but they do make a point out that he has no social media, uh, like at all. He's a, he's a runaway. Yeah. So he doesn't really, you know, he, you never see him use a phone in the movie. He doesn't have a phone. Doesn't ever seem to use the internet at all. So uh, I, I guess I could understand that. But at first that was really bothering me. I was like, you don't got to go to a coffee shop and use their free Wi-Fi, dude. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so good introduction shows uh, how he's, you know, keeps running away from these foster homes and how he gets placed in the, 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 the new family, which becomes, you know, the Shazam family, I guess you call them. And I'll say I was surprised. I did not expect to really like care for the the, the foster home family like I did, but I, I think I liked every single one of them. Yeah, no, I I thought they were all well cast. I thought they all, uh, similar to the comics, they all highlighted a different characteristic and aspect. Uh, I wish some of them, I wish most of them had gotten a little bit, just a little bit more screen time. It seemed like, uh, I, I'm going to blank on the names real quick. but uh, I remember Eugene's the tech kid. Yeah, Freddie got a lot of time, obviously. Darla, I mean, you got enough of Darla to see, like, cool, she's like this sweet little girl. Uh, I wish you, I wish Eugene and Pedro had a little bit more screen time to just give them a little bit more. Uh, but other than that, I, I thought they were all pretty good. I thought they were, you know, Mary as well. And of course, the parents, uh, Rosa and Victor, like, as it was, you believe that they were people who cared about each other. Victor was cracking me up, dude. He had some dad jokes, and you know I'm about that action. And I was I was liking Victor quite a bit. I, I feel like I've seen that actor in something before, and I couldn't place it at all during the I'd movie. Say Walking Dead, but I know it wouldn't be from that. But yeah, no, it I'm, is the Walking Dead, actually. Yeah, Dead, yeah I'm, I'm saying I know that you wouldn't know him from Walking Dead. I know him from Walking no. Dead. But he reminded me of a, actually. He reminded me of a, the dude from the the new Tomb Raider games. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. Hey. Yeah. There you go. Oh, wait, no, you guys can't make a good Tomb Raider movie. I forgot. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so where are we going next? Is this where uh, what, Savannah's like funding all this research to find these people who've had this experience of, uh, of these interacting with the wizard and he's shielding it to look like it's a study on mass hysteria until he finally finds exactly what he's looking for, which is someone recording the symbols on his phone. So I guess he gets like the last glyph and he can open this magic door. 
Yeah, that's a simple way to put it, yeah. That's as simple as I could put it, guys. It's, you, <laughs> it's the missing symbol to, you know, the last Chevron on the Stargate to make the Stargate work. It's basically what he does there. Uh, let's talk about the uh, the actual wizard here, because I guess I guess Billy actually meets the wizard before Zavanna gets back in there, doesn't he? No, Savannah gets back in there, kicks uh, Shazam's ass, and then right. that's what he has to basically settle for Billy. Yeah, yeah, he settles for he settles for Billy because he's already dying. I said, did you? I, I thought they were really going to show like this thing popping his eye out. So I'm glad that it because there's I talk about like the types of horror that really actually freak me out. Body horror is a big one, and when it comes with anything messing with the eyes, man, I can't handle it. So I'm glad I did not show this thing going through his eye and like ripping his eye out. That would have actually probably made me recoil. Yeah, but I mean, uh, you know, Shazam played by Damon Housen. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy? Yeah, he's uh, the King of the Fisherman and Aquaman, and then he is Korath uh, the Pursuer uh, in Guardians of the Galaxy Volumes 1, 2, and Captain Marvel. So yeah. he, he seems to be making the comic book rounds again. He's wonderful. I loved him in Gladiator. I don't know if you guys ever go back that far. But yeah, that guy's been around for a while. He just seems to be like a character actor, just pops up in just about everything. So, hey, good for him. Um, I guess this whole this whole interaction between them—you see him free freeze the freeze the the sins or whatever—and I think that this villain got pretty good development so far. I'm not expecting this much development from a a villain. No. We've At this point, I was stunned and floored by how much Savannah we got. I, I genuinely did not think we'd get much background, if any, on him. All right, but did, when the girl touches that door and like just incinerates herself, that was the first moment when I was like. Are we sure that this isn't this is just like okay for kids to be in? Because <laughs> that's pretty graphic. No, yeah, no, I. And I mean, you had your kid there, and you you'll know it better than I. But I, there were some things here. I'm like, this is this is kind of dark for a kids movie. I mean, we'll get to the Freddy the Freddy parent thing later, but um, or Billy parent thing later. But uh, it's it definitely had uh, it definitely made me wonder. I'm like, I know this is a kids movie targeted for kids, but. Whew, they really, they're really pushing those boundaries here. So okay, so it's when it's when Freddie is getting bullied by the kids at school, and you know Billy turns back. He's like, I don't care. But then he, what he talk about basically because like, you don't have a mom, and you can tell that that's Billy's like soft sure. spot there. Yeah. When he comes back and helps him, and nice little chase thing. But you know he gets the. By the way, when people do that thing in the movies where they slide down the thing in the middle of the escalator, dude, I would fall down and kill myself if I tried that. <laughs> think about when i watch movies. i can't do that like trying to do the dukes of hazard running across the hood oh, right across yeah no you yeah, it's not gonna happen. So I, bet, I guess that's got to wear smoother pants or something like that yeah, yeah. <laughs> i think i'd have this conversation yeah. anyhow so uh he we saw all this part of the trailer where he you know he gets in the subway and he gets brought before the wizard and basically says like hey this is this you're the basically the last chance i've got here so uh you know you're it and the touch my staff stuff seems so juvenile, but it's perfect in a perfect in a movie like this, right? A dick I mean, joke. What, what, do you, what would you think a fourteen-year-old would say to that? Like, touch my staff so my powers can flow through. Yeah, like of course, like yeah, you're making a joke. I don't know you. <laughs> um, I, I do think it was pretty cool that we got our, our little bit of a Black Adam scene. Yeah, it's a Black Adam cameo. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I wish it'd been a little bit more, like especially since he wasn't there, like a little bit more prominent. That oh, oh yeah, that's the Rock. But it was it was a nice little like yeah I had a champion before and whatever happened to him dot 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 and that seems like a hey 
we aren't going to get the rock to do this quick little cameo. So we're just going to like highlight that. Hey, yeah, we do have the rock. I swear to God, we do have the rock. And, and, yeah. and we said before, I don't can't believe they're making a Shazam movie. It doesn't have black Adam in it. I understand why they didn't with this movie because you put the rock in it and he's still in the spotlight. It's not going to be a movie about Shazam. It's going to be about black Adam. So yeah. uh, he's I, in, I or his own yeah. movie he's doing. I, I get it now. Yeah. They said that there will be a black Adam movie, which probably now acts like a prequel to Shazam. Uh, well, you'll probably see that story of revenge. I am glad that this movie is a success and it is going. It did do well because I think that gives The Rock more reason to like stay on board because he's like, oh yeah, no, this is viable. DC has their act together. Let's let's make that Black Adam movie happen now, and let's make that Shazam two movie happen because you know, yes, there's a the little the caterpillar worm. I still want to see Shazam versus Black Adam. I still want to see World War Three at some point down the road. I want to see Black Adam whooping Superman's ass. I, I, I love Superman. Don't get me wrong. I want to see Black Adam go head to head with Jason uh, Momoa. Like that's what I want now. I want The Rock and Jason Momoa going head to head. Man, that's like that's like pay per view boxing match right there. Hell yeah, give me that stuff. So uh, my hope is that this the seating is great, the movie goes great, and like The Rock's like, yeah, let's make this happen now. Let's do this. Well, here's where I think the movie obviously takes off. And I will just spotlight it by saying Zachary Levi as Shazam. Absolutely perfect casting. Uh, you, you said before this, I didn't realize you had never watched the TV series Chuck. Uh, I had, and I said, I thought that he had the personality perfect because he has, has like that youthful vigor about himself where he just seems childlike. And I was just always concerned about, I don't think he can get jacked enough to play, but you know, obviously the suit can do most of that. I don't know how much, how jacked he actually got for this or how much of it is the suit. Doesn't matter at the end of the day. Uh, he played the character to a T. Like, I really believe that this was a 15 year old in this man's body. And it starts basically from from right here. Uh, nothing but the highest, highest of praise for what he did with this character. Yeah, no, I, I think he was perfectly cast. And I think everyone was like scratching their head a little bit. And as we've learned, that most castings actually turn out pretty well. He not only was he like the 15 year old kid, he seemed like a grown up Asher Angel. Like, Physically, he looked like a grown-up Ashley, uh, Asher Angel. Uh, still captured the spirit and, and like a lot of the little ticks that Asher had. They, they did a good job, both of them, of creating and crafting Billy Batson. And uh, I mean, the whole crux of the movie for me is Asher and uh, Zach against uh, Jack Dylan Grazer, who I thought was the MVP of the movie as Freddie, Freddie Freeman, because he 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 is where a lot of the heart is, and he is where a lot of Asher's journey comes from is that relationship between the two guys the two boys you know what's funny is after i saw it the 2017 stephen king's it and it had he was jack ellen grazer was playing eddie in that movie i was i actually said i would love to see him play billy batson and then he was cast in the movie i was like perfect like but he's not billy i was like okay but it actually worked out perfect this way and i'll say that his his testing like all all of his powers and stuff that very first scene with them actually looking at his powers is the biggest laugh in, in my theater was like, Oh my God, you're invisible. And the guy's like, Hey, nice outfit dipshit. I laughed so hard. <laughs> and yeah. it's funny, but basically that from the guy on the subway being like, Hey, you know what? That's a crazy outfit, but you know what? It works for you. And stuff. <laughs> well, like, what are you wearing? Cause we've all been at that place where you've been somewhere and someone in like a cosplay costume walks in. You're just like, what in the hell is going on? <laughs> so it was really, really well captured. The teleportation training is probably my favorite one. Oh, fire. <laughs> <laughs> all, all, the, all, the, all the powers testing is really, it felt like that scene in Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, but 
done with way more humor. And it's also believable. If you were a 15 year old and you became a superhero, that's exactly what you would do is you would want to like figure out what you could do. And of course you would also just put it on YouTube because why the hell not? Uh, the well, you don't know if it's the if the it's the costume or not. We'll just you know shoot him in the face. <laughs> that whole, the whole basically the whole discovery of the powers, all of it. I, I can't get into all of it. It's just so good. The, the picking of the different names. I think the one that made me laugh the hardest was uh, Maximum Voltage, and he's like call me Max. <laughs> Red Cyclone, which I thought was like a, a shout out to Red Tornado. Uh, that's pretty yeah. good. But it just it, the whole thing where they're trying to come up with names for him and stuff, and the powers just. Captain Sparklefingers was okay, whatever. But the rest of the names were all just terrific. He's trying to come up with a catchphrase and he can't. They're just the banter between the two of them is just terrific. With Zachary Levi and Jack Dylan Grazer versions of the character, just perfect. Mm-hmm. Those two had really wonderful chemistry. Um, see here, so yeah, you talk about post the videos, who goes viral, whatever. Uh, the Booty Club was a very very funny moment in the movie too. Um, it was in there for you were there for like five minutes. But they were very convincing. <laughs> <laughs> doing again like you said a 15 year old will do oh how do we how do i do this to make some money you know not just going straight to the atm they do that later but stuff that i could all see happening for sure i'm surprised he didn't actually like hurt themselves even worse because i didn't have superpowers and we always did stuff like the jackass yeah. guys and try to find ways to hurt ourselves because you know 15 you're made out of rubber you know, I mean, the, the easy parallel was uh you know when spider-man first gets his powers he he wrestles for money like that's what he does. He he's just a wrestler for money. He doesn't care about stopping bad guys. And of course, everyone knows he fails to stop one bad guy who happens to run down and kill his uncle Ben. We didn't get anything nearly as dark. Like Shazam is showing off and trying to make money and doing the little lightning out of my fingers, little Rocky. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, you know, he saves the bus. Thankfully, uh, he's like freaking out the entire time, which is also great touch. Like everyone thinks that it's a natural leap to like do the hero thing and like this is more believable like i don't know if i can do this like i don't want to have to save lives and i thought that they did a great job of, of doing that and not having it run so dark um where you can get a little bit of that power and responsibility but also no one has to die because really the only option to uh, per people to die would be freddie and i would be devastated if freddie freddie died and you had to add in that little dog there he didn't want to crush the dog with the bug because i mean yeah. was- <laughs> that dog just like takes its damn time too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you you got a great point there. Yeah, everybody assumes, oh, you got these powers, you'll just automatically snap to action. I mean, think about my age now. When I was fifteen, it was even worse. It was like I'm not doing anything like that. I'm stay right here where it's safe, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very very good introduction to him, like coming to grasp those powers. The basically the whole lesson. You know, when him and Freddie get into it at the, at the dinner table and everybody's like, wow, some serious discussion here. You know, but that was, again, the whole family dynamic. I'm really just for as little as development as it got. It actually felt quite natural, really fast. The whole growing together of this, of this family. So that was that is a, a criticism I had is that it did seem like a little too fast. I wanted more time with the family. I wanted to see that progression a little bit more naturally because i think when he does come back into the fold later it did seem a little like okay i get that you i get that you were just rejected but like why why does this rejection automatically like oh yeah no these are my people now like I'm, I'm with them. i agree i do think the movie's a touch too long so i don't want to say too short. something like what two hours and 15 minutes see i, I, I thought like- i thought that you could have added at least another sure 
Sure, you could have added it. Maybe it's because my theater was like 10 degrees and I had a 32 ounce drink and I really had to pee. And that's why I missed the final credit scene, as we'll talk about. Uh, well, I mean, Avengers is three hours long. So, like, yeah, I'm not drinking anything that day. that whole day because I'm not getting up. I am uh, fasting that day. It's going to be great. I felt like the family. This is my family moment was more earned than Diablos and Suicide Squad, where it's like we don't give a shit oh. about you. So like, oh, I'm not gonna lose my family. I love Diablo scene. What are you talking about? That's great. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I mean I get it. I get it. For as much as little time as we spend with the family here, it does it doesn't feel like it's cheap at all by any means. I'm not saying that at all. I'm just saying. And maybe that's a good thing that this movie left me wanting more of the family and wanting to see more of their dynamic. And when we talk about what we want in Shazam 2, Electric Boogaloo, we can talk more about, like, my my number one wish right now is, like, I want to see the family. And I, I'm almost, the villain is almost secondary to me for anything else. Sure. Uh, I think that the rumors right now that they want to, I mean, as soon as they get the green light for Shazam 2 from the studio, that they want to get on an ASAP because they want to do it before these kids get too old. Yeah. Because your know, family is going to be it's like right now. I'm like, shoot, if you think this is going to be big, do two and three like back to back while these kids are young and, you know, or just put that stuff in the can or something. Record the kid parts at least while they're young, because looking at that that, that trailer for Stranger Things three right now, I'm just like, dude, those kids grew faster than the Harry Potter kids because good grief. They look like teenagers, yeah. you know, so uh, you, you, you got you can't do the oh, we're sticking to our, our, our thing like Marvel does. They do it very successfully. They don't have any kid actors that they got to keep young, so you need to jump on this ASAP. I even thought they waited too long to do it, too. So, uh, different discussion, I guess. So, we finally get back to our villain here. Uh, a lot of people said they, they, one of the criticisms I read was like, by the time that Devonna shows back up, you've already forgotten about him. I haven't. I, I wanted a good development with, uh, with Shazam, basically discovering all his powers, getting the, the chemistry between the family or whatever. But when Zavanna shows back up and he's flying, it's like, oh, okay, this guy is serious. So, they basically have the same powers, correct? Um, more or less, yeah. So it was actually surprising. I'm like, okay, yeah, oh, superhero, you know, and he just he punched him in the balls. <laughs> That's pretty good. So it just again, though, I mean, the biggest credit for for them is as much of a mirror as he is to Billy Batson, he doesn't ever feel like Black Adam, and I think that they deserve a lot a lot of credit for that because my whole <clears throat> fear was that they would. It would I would come off as a a poor man's or a homeless man's uh, great value. And, and he, yeah, and he and he didn't, and he never did. He was his own character with his own motivations, similar power set, but uh, it's going to be a lot different when The Rock is there throwing lightning bolts at at uh, Zachary Levi. Yeah, and I think I feel like maybe just because of the rock's hulking size, I feel like if he punches you in the face, you're probably staying down. <laughs> I don't care if you're super powered. So, yeah, I think with uh, by the time the rock shows up in the series, hopefully, uh, you're going to see Shazam probably lose two or three of these fights before he figures out a way to to maybe get over on him or turn him to the light side or whatever it is they're going to do. Because I don't know, I don't know, but I'm excited to see it. Fuck, I want to see Shazam and Hawkman fight now. So sorry. <laughs> I got one for you. I don't care if he was an Aquaman. Get Dolph Lundgren to play Hawkman. There you go. There you go. That's a fight you want to see, right? The Rock and Dolph Lundgren. That also works within the character. Okay. All right. Here's how you make. Here's how you make Danny accept Hawkman, guys. 
cast Dolph Lundgren. That's like his unsung hero of this year. Well, you don't, just, well, you don't do what friggin' uh, legends legends did and like make him like smaller than me and make him like five nine, one sixty soaking wet in a red shirt. Yeah, <laughs> that was. That's so bad. That's why I never got on the Legends train like you have. Because I was that's like, hey. why getting rid of him at the end of season one is the best thing Legends ever did. It's that's why Legends is so good. But that's another discussion for another time. I feel like this is kind of avoiding some of the pitfalls that, or I guess, some of the criticisms really that that that, that the DC EU got at first was just like every time that the hero and the villain fights, they just like destroy the city. There's some carnage. <laughs> there's some carnage of a toy store. But that's about it. And uh, some skyscrapers got destroyed in this movie too. Yeah. Well, Shazam jumps through one of them. Um, dude, I'm sorry. The fashion that's of speed locomotive. Are you a prospector? That that had me laughing pretty hard. That was pretty good. All of the lines in here. The people that are like, "Oh, I don't want this to be like a Marvel movie." I don't think it's Marvel humor at all. I don't think that they don't rely on the overabundance of humor in this. It, I feel like they're all well placed and believable. Yeah. Yes and no. I think that the humor is definitely it's they did a nice job tempering it. I, I but I do believe that out of all of the DC heroes, the two that are most Marvel like would be Blue Beetle and Shazam. I think that and that's by nature of them being usually teenagers. Um usually Blue Beetle, uh the Jaime Reyes one is the teenager version. Um but they're both teenagers who are learning power and responsibility in a greater world. For the most part, and I'm going to cast a big, sweeping like umbrella statement, that's what Marvel superheroes are. It's about learning your power and responsibility in the greater world. It's not where DCs are more like the gods among us. Um, that's why it does kind of seem like Shazam, you could see him at, at, you know, in an Avengers movie, and you're like, oh, yeah, no, that makes sense. I, I, could, I could deal with it. Um, so I, I don't think it's a bad thing. I think, he, I think the universe needs some of that, and I think that that's the whole point of a Teen Titans. That's the whole point of a Young Justice. It's it's to look at these great, larger than life heroes and look at the actual impact they have on the next generation of heroes. Because DC does a very good job of making sure that their heroes do pass along the mantle, and that's another big DC thing that Marvel just doesn't have. Let me sell this to you, Alfonso Cuarón, Academy Award winning director, says. I want in. I want to make a DC superhero movie. And he says, I want to do Blue Beetle. How fast are you throwing your money at the screen? My money's already at the screen right now. <laughs> <laughs> I might be financing this bad boy. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I've never been huge on Booster Gold, Blue Beetle, but I, yeah, I'd like to see it. This, this makes me feel like it, this movie actually made me feel like that it could work more so than a Titans movie, I think. So, yeah. I would like to see it because, and now I'm thinking, and again, this is DC doing it the right way. It got me wanting more Shazam. I, Blue Beetle is a movie that I want to see just for a variety of number of reasons. They already have introduced a cyborg. Um, sort of. That's that cyborg is not really my cyborg because he, you know, I need more booyah. I need more. I need more fun with the cyborg. But eventually, like you got enough of these where I do want a Teen Titans movie because I want to see these teenagers come together and like, I'd love to see the personalities bounce off of each other. Cause that's where the, that's again, magic word. That's where the fun is because it's these personalities that we care about. And they've done a good job of like making me want more teenage superheroes in the DC world where you could have more Batman and Superman jokes. Okay. So if they're going to say that we're not going to be doing the team up movies anymore, we're going to kind of be focusing on, on solar as they should. I think it's a great decision that they're going with. 
are you opposed to having, I don't know, not really cameos, but like extended roles for some other characters, kind of like how Hulk was in Thor Ragnarok. Say, say that a, a Blue Beetle or, or one of the Titans characters shows up in a Shazam movie or, or a Flash movie or something like that. You're okay with that? No, no, I think that's great. I mean, the, the Shazam the Shazam family as a whole, in the end credits was a good example of it. It lends itself to those like little extended cameo moments of, of what they could be and what they could do. So, yeah, I'd love to see it. I think there's room for that. I mean, just because another character gets its launch in another movie, kind of like how Black Panther and Spider-Man showed up in Civil War, a Captain America movie, you know, stuff like that. Uh, Hawkeye showed up in what was he in the first Thor? Was that his first movie? His first Thor movie, yep. I think they could do stuff like that, and I don't consider that like a, a team up movie. So, I mean, if it obviously if it's a role as big as, as Bannerhead and Thor Ragnarok, then it eh, might be considered a, a a team up. Or maybe I just can't go a show without talking about Thor Ragnarok because it's great. Uh, <laughs> um, okay, so they have their fight. He 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 basically runs away. You know, Billy runs away. Yeah. As, any fifteen-year-old would. Okay, I found someone with the same powers as me. This ain't this, this ain't what I'm into. And you know, he's so much for the courage of Achilles. <laughs> oh, you were waiting for that the whole time, weren't you? Uh, but uh, you know, Savannah uh, sees Freddie arguing with Shazam on the TV report, and uh, basically he puts two and two together and and finds out where they live. But while this is going on, we see that Freddie is he's gotten the information about where his actual birth mother is at. And I'm sorry, this thing was absolutely heartbreaking to me. Uh, I don't know if it's just the the parental part of it, but just the fact that anyone could have a three-year-old and lose it and, and know where he is and just be like, you know what? Someone else will take care of him better than me. Not just like give him up for adoption, but just like abandoning them like that. That's one step below dropping them off at a fire station right there. And I mean, I was devastated. My, my kids just like... When are we going back to Shazam? <laughs> so I, was like, I was just, I is not where I expected it to go. I don't know if that's how it happened in the comic or not, but man, that was, that was just soul crushing to me. You know, he gives her the the compass and basically says, you're going to need this. It sounds like you need this more than me. And man, that was just, that was just a great tie in. And then all the emotional beats are there. And I was this close from rolling a man tear, but I held it back. It was, I don't, I don't know the Shazam story that well as far as like what happens to his his parents, his real life parents. To, to find out for him that your dad is a, a criminal and he's locked away in prison, um, quote unquote, he could come back. I hope they don't go that route. I don't need to see that. Like, keep the dad out of this because I think otherwise you get messy and convoluted. The mom thing, oof, oof, that one just hit. It reminded me of a that. I'm going to date myself a little bit. The Fresh Prince of... of uh, oh, yeah. Why don't you want me? Yeah. Why don't oh. you want me? And, like, I was just like, oh, no, Billy. It's an important moment on his journey to see, like, cool, what everyone was telling him was right. Like, she could have found you. She just flat out didn't want you. But all these other people want you. All these other people care about you. Um, it's a nice little kind of a moment on that family journey of, you know, his family, what you're born with or what you choose. And... Again, it's a. I think it's a great message, especially these days. But yeah, no, I knew right away early on. I'm like, if she, if he was lost, she flat out. I thought that maybe she was kidnapped or maybe she was murdered. But the idea that she just flat out was like, no, I don't want you and I, 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 this life. And um, yeah, no, that was that was brutal. That was tough. That was that was uh, not expected. And you know. Uh, Glad your kids didn't like it. Didn't even phase them, but like, oof, the adults in the room. Like, I could hear 
I could hear people gasp in yeah. my like, like they did not expect it because again, you think that being a superhero movie that it would be a nice little paint by numbers like, oh yeah, no, she'll love him and it'll be great. Nope. I knew right when he went for in for the hug and she was like, no, no. I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, before we get into the final act, I did want to go back. There was more Zavana development. It's this boardroom scene that I was talking about basically where he's first coming to grips with his power and he's controlling or controlling slash being controlled by the sins or he's using them to his benefit there with his family. Dude, when he picks his brother up and just like throws him out the freaking window, again, made me think back to that very first episode of Angel where he kicks the vampire out the window. Um, yeah. <laughs> I've been thinking about Angel a lot lately. Um, that whole scene to me was just brutal and intense. I talked about you're chewing one of those people's heads off and just the sins. I think they came on really freaking freaky. And I don't know. I, it's just, it was more horror than I expected to see in any kind of superhero movie. So I felt like it was a nice touch. And first thing I go thank, to think back to is, yeah, it's a horror director. And they told me, hey, make these things scary. That's why I'm not going to sit here and say, oh, I think this is a weak villain. Because I thought that the sins were really, really freaky. And Zavanna wasn't bad. So I'm okay with the villain movie. Yeah, no, I'm okay with the villain movie. I want to get back to Asher Angel real quick. Like To see the rage for, of him from being a little shithead to the emotional devastation of your mother, your mother doesn't want you and what you've been searching for is pointless. I, and I've said this on this, on this show, on this podcast many times before, I don't like kid actors. I don't think they do a good job of conveying emotion. He did a great job in this movie. I don't think, I think he's being rightfully overshadowed by Zachary Levi and uh, the other. Uh, Dylan Grazer. Yeah. Dylan Grazer, but Asher Angel uh, definitely brought enough to the table on this one. I thought he did a fantastic job. Absolutely. So that leads us into the the final act. Uh, basically, he's going back to the house, and Zavanna wants him to, you know, open that door, and so they can go in there and do all this, you know, hocus pocus, Harry Potter stuff. I like that they mentioned Harry Potter in this, by the way. I mean, they, they yeah. had to. They had to. WB uh, property, gots to. But I, I did think that all the stuff inside of Spectacle Rock, what's that one called? Uh, Rock of Eternity. What's Spectacle Rock from? That's from something. Is that like fucking? Are you thinking oh, Fraggle Rock? It might be that, or it might be uh, <laughs> oh god, uh, Jim Henson puppet movie. God, I can't think of. I never puppet. fucking thought we'd get a Fraggle Rock reference on this. <laughs> I didn't think you knew what Fraggle Rock was because I was a baby when Fraggle Rock was on. <laughs> oh, it's on Amazon Prime, by the way, and uh, I showed some of it to my kids. They didn't, they didn't really connect with it, but they loved the Muppet Show. All right. Uh, I thought all the stuff inside here was really cool. I loved in opening all the doors and stuff. <laughs> they had like all these weird creatures, like these mobster alligator dudes. <laughs> yeah. It was just so completely random, but I was thinking, I, I wanted to open four or five more doors just to see what, uh, I mean, I was expecting to go full de- de- uh, Gummo de Toro here and just have like some creepy, creepy monsters behind some of these doors. But uh, it, it was neat. And I like the way that, I guess they just have to get out by he just is, is this one of his mind powers or something? That's how he gets them out. They just think about the subway. That's how he gets them out. Or I, think about I mean, something goes back to the, the strip club. That was funny. That was funny. Um, I, I don't think it's one of his mind powers. I think, I mean, he is the wizard Shazam now in a sense. So he, he controls that place. He can get in and out of it. He doesn't need the symbols like uh, uh, Thad does. 
so I mean, I guess we're going straight to the the, the final act here with the with the Ferris wheel and the, the carnival and all that, and uh, all the the Santa thing. I was laughing every time. Not gonna lie, the Santa stuff where he's like, "Oh yeah, I'll be here for you for whatever." <laughs> Let's get the hell out of here. And then him just like completely, you know, his his curse laden tirade at the end was just wonderful. I thought, but uh, nice little nice little thing there they did with Santa. Uh, my 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 kid was probably a little confused, but because uh, you know, I think this is how he. <laughs> Last year he believes in Santa, but uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's cool stuff. It, all the stuff in the carnival is really good. That's when he, you see he finally figures out the uh, you know the, the the other seats are empty, and he basically makes the whole Shazam family with their superpowers. So, so each one of them have one of the powers. Is that what I'm supposed to gather out of that? There. So I, I am first of all, I, I'm glad I didn't like dig into spoilers for this movie because yeah, that's a nice surprise. I did not think that they would go there for the first movie, that they would do the Shazam family. Cause it's so this a, is from the comic, right? This is exactly from the comics. Almost the exact same uh, colors for the characters. I, I was stunned I, and a good stun. It was a good a surprise. It was a nice little cherry on top of the family Sunday. Uh, so in the comics, each one of them, Billy has the, all the powers. Um, he's kind of like uh, Dr. Savannah in that sense that when he has all the powers, he's at his best. When the family has the powers, that each of them uh, gets highlighted a different part of the power. So, Freddie is the flyer. Um, Darla's the the speedster. Pedro's the strongman. He um, has the electricity because he does a Hadouken, by the way, which is funny. Fucking hilarious, the Hadouken. Uh, but Eugene, it'll be interesting to see if they go this route in the, the sequel. So, part of the moderniz- modernization of uh, Shazam. Uh, Eugene's powers also includes uh, technology manipulation, which would make sense because he's a gamer and they've already seeded that. But it's also washed up, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but the Hadouken thing, holy shit! Yeah, <laughs> my, my audience busted out laughing for sure. Megan, Megan, good as uh, adult Darla, perfect. Like the speedster, the fun. Uh, Should the- I know her, Megan? Good. Who is that? She's been in a number of different movies and different things. Um, See, all these group of actors, I felt like it was supposed to be a surprise, and I should have known who some of them were. I, I wanted to feel like I knew who the grown-up Freddy was, but I couldn't place who it was. So Megan Good, she's been in uh, Anchorman 2 is probably where you know her from. She's been in Saw 5. Uh, she stars in Deception right now. Um, she's done some Nickelodeon shows, which is where I know her from. Um Hey, who was Grown Up Mary? Because she needs to call me. Uh, grown Up Freddy is a Adam Brody, the OC. Uh, oh no, kidding! Oh my god, that's funny because like people used to think that he was a he was poor man Zach Levi, so that makes sense. Which I think A is part of the reason why he got cast, but B he looks like a dead ringer for Jack Dylan Grazer uh, as an old as an adult. Uh, and then old older Mary is very pretty. That's what she is. Michelle Borth, uh, she's in Hawaii Five O. Never watched. And apparently the show Tell Me You Love Me. Um, I do. I do love her. Uh, <laughs> so, I mean, you just get your, your your usual, you know, superhero chaos. But except now it's, you know, it's basically what six on six on six, because as Shazam points out, the seventh, seventh sin is never showing up. And that's envy. And I thought it was a satisfying conclusion for how he does, you know, call Shazam. So he sh- shocks him with the lightning. But unlike most superhero movies these days he does not let the villain die he saves the villain and takes him to prison that way they can come back later guys we don't always have to kill our villain off i thought it was a very very and also the the part where he gives the little girl the tiger i thought that was very touching the tiger also an easter egg it showed up throughout the entire movie um part of the shazam family is a tiger a tiger named tawny which i imagine will make its debut in shazam too 
So there's actually a tiger character. Uh, it's an actual tiger. I don't think it talks, but it might talk like the caterpillar does. But it, yeah, no, there, there's a reason why he wanted the tiger as a four-year-old. That it's the tiger shows up on his backpack as a logo that he stitches in there, uh, and then he says the tiger will give you courage. Like it is actually a legit part of the comics, and uh, I am excited to see it show up in Shazam too because I, I have no doubts that it will. So anything in particular in this final fight scene that I, I glazed over that you, you really want to talk about? I thought it, I thought they, they kind of faked us out like she was going to shoot uh, shoot the eye out. Mary was going to shoot the eye out with the BB and you know, he, just, he just catches it. That, that, that was kind of cool. Kind of unexpected, I guess I'd say. But other than that, I felt like it was interesting because it was actually like I didn't expect there to be six heroes in this scene. Yeah, no um... – I think that's the most unexpected. I thought it was it was great. Uh, the the fact that he said shout my name and they all shout Billy is like the fun. Like <laughs> yeah. Oh, back before um, when they were in inside of the the whatever rock whatever. <laughs> uh, when he hit some of the back of the head with a battering, people in my theater legit thought Batman was there. <laughs> people were like, yeah, oh, no, yeah, the same in my theater. Uh, but it, oh. that was pretty good. Um, but no, I, I think. You know, the the whole point of like the the I love that they dunked on uh, Man of Steel a little bit by having the fight in the sky and having one character monologue and Billy's God, like, that was- I really hear you, man. Fuck this, I'm gonna go. I'm just gonna hit you. It's, it seems like it has happened in so many. I'm like, is the is the villain talking with like a megaphone right now? How does everybody hear this? So yeah, that that that's that's wonderful. Yeah. So I I thought it was they did a great job poking fun a little bit in the Deadpool vein at, at other DC movies. Uh, it's great to see them all kind of all the kids just have a moment with the powers and uh, it's great to see uh, Freddie get his powers and, and, and fly around. And I, it's such a little scene, but like him dropping the crutch. I liked that. That was like a cool thing. Like to me, like no one had earned this more than Freddie. Oh, he says it. You just wish it happened to you. And he's like, well, of course, man, look at me. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, I think they paid off everything that they had set up in the first act of the movie and, the fight is a fight. It's whatever. I think the whole point, the the, the highlights are the, the humorous parts of it, the, the speeding around, the saving people. I, again, super speed is the easiest power to not only show on screen, but make it look spectacular. And I love that they didn't shy away from that and get afraid of like the flash and uh, Quicksilver and all that stuff with the, with the Darla scenes where her, she's just running around, saving people, like poking people as she runs. Like it's, I thought they did a great job with that. Are you okay with how this ends with not Henry Cavill being like the the, the lunch guest? It would have had more of an impact if it were Henry Cavill. Like it would have just landed so much better. It's fine. The suit looks. I would have had a mustache. I mean, the suit looked weird. Like it didn't look like the Superman suit. Um, it looked skinny for whatever reason. But I, I, did it did the Superman like the John Williams Superman theme? Uh, I don't remember that, but. The other question I have is, how are they friends with Superman? Like, when did he when did he get to meet Superman? Like, I, I guess they gave this whole thing that they, he, he, I guess he gave him a phone call. I'm not really even sure. I guess well, we're just supposed I mean, to that, him after this to get him in the league. That's the part where I wish Henry Cavill had been part of the movie because I'm sure that there was a little beat between Shazam family saving the day and that lunch where you were presumably they would have met and be like, hey, we need to talk. And Shazam could have been like, I'll talk, but you got to do me one favor. And like, even that much would have been better because it did feel a little bit out of left field. It's like, cool. 
if they hadn't dropped the ball and got Henry DeCapo to leave the role, then they probably could have made that happen. I mean, yeah. a lot of the rumor was that they wanted him to they wanted him to do this. So, oh, he uh, wanted to do it too. Yeah, but they were just playing hardball. So, I mean, that's an unfortunate shame, but uh, it, it it ended well. It, it's great that the kids all like each other. That the kids are all there. Maybe they not. Maybe they need to learn not to do the Power Rangers thing of wearing the color of their costume in like real life because uh, that seems that's only going to take a matter of time before people figure it out. But it is what it is. Thought it was good. Did in post credit. I mean, I just want to say that the actual credits themselves, which were just like hand drawn, like and like a kid's notebook or something like that, with him like interacting with all the Justice League characters, was very very charming. I had a yeah. very good time with him. taking Wonder Woman to prom and stuff. That's pretty good. That is the best part of, and this is definitely the Marvel effect on movies. So doing the rewatch as we get to Avengers Endgame, Captain America Civil Wars, where they really started with like these great, um, these great credit scenes where they would take the art from the movie and kind of turn it into something. Um, and the DC movies have picked up on that. And I think this is DC's best effort in that. It's fun. It's the spirit of the movie, as you said, it's also, it gives you, it whets your appetite to see, like I said, the Shazam family versus the Justice League at some point, like the little Darla versus the Flash race. That's hilarious. Uh, yeah, I'm, I want to see it. I want to, I want to see all of it. It looks like good. Like Batman, he's still in the Batmobile while Batman's still putting That's exactly what a 15 year old boy would do. Even if he could fly, you still want to drive the Batmobile. That's all a 15 year old boy wants to do. Hell, that's all this 30 something wants to do. All right, man. Explain to me this caterpillar from Alice in Wonderland here at the end talking to Savannah. I believe he's called Mr. Mind. Is this a new 52 thing or is this older? Uh, I think this no, is actually Captain Marvel, right? This is uh, this is definitely the gold age. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you got it, caterpillar with like mind is telepathy? So you have to tell they telepathy? Did, they did a, a weird thing in the in the gold age. I, I am trying to to figure out the easiest way to say it. Uh, he is a telepath. Um he is this is only Everyone says this is only his uh, larval stage. He becomes a bigger, obviously, fly moth type thing with like more powers. Um, he always goes back to being a, a little caterpillar. The crocodile men you saw are usually part of his. He usually has a, uh, they call him the monster society of evil. So that's where I'm thinking they go for the sequel. Uh, you saw the crocodile men, they are part of that. Um, that's where you can get the talking tiger uh, as as well as part of that. They live in what he said at the end is something about the, we can go to these other worlds and they do have, it's kind of similar to Thor in that sense that there are other realms and other realms have like other types of living beings. So the crocodile men, uh, caterpillars, Dr. Zavana is part of that. Uh, so uh, I imagine we'll see something to that effect in the sequel. I, Again, think it's a little bizarre that you're going to go for Mr. Mind in the sequel and not Black Adam. But if they're trying to make it quick, uh, The Rock is pretty busy. So this is a way to, to kind of check the box and get the sequel and push them again towards Shazam 3. Here's what I'd like to since this for the sequel. Uh, what I would like to see them do is, if it isn't just going to be straight Black Adam, is they've opened that door now that even Marvel's been kind of apprehensive about. And that's just going full on using the word magic. You know, even Doctor Strange, science, right? Uh, they full on embrace that this is magic. Then they're using the word magic. They're not trying to use any kind of play with words on that one. So I'd like to see them maybe bring in like a Zatanna or something like that in the sequel to kind of 
help with the whole magic part. And there, that leaves the door open for, you know, Constantine and Justice League Dark and all that stuff down the road, maybe. And have it, you're going to do this, this caterpillar thing. Okay, whatever. Uh, I feel like the second movie in a trilogy should be the real growth movie for Shazam. And then have the uh, the rock show up like at the very end. And then that's, that's up part three. Yeah, no, I mean, this definitely is the growth. So one of the powers that Mr. Mind Evolved has is he controls time. So given that the the kid adult thing, like time could be a, a really interesting thing for them to track uh, the tackle and uh, kept uh, Shazam too, I should say. Uh, I didn't stay for the post credit scene because I it's okay because they gave away in the trailers. Did they? I, well, it was something about it was like him trying to talk to fish, and it's, it seems like it was a deleted scene from the powers test of can he does he have fish telepathy and. All he says is like, oh, that seems like a lame power. It's a little joke at, at Aquaman, um, which would have made more sense if this movie dropped before Aquaman because that would be a nice little bridge gap to it. But, it, I mean, you put it in the freaking – you put it in the trailers it gave it away. That was my whole – that's my biggest critique of this movie is that a lot of the fun moments and a lot of the best quips were given away in trailers. And, again, it goes to that point of why do we have to have – three trailers plus another six TV spots where we give away a lot of the best stuff. I agree because my kid was quoting stuff in the movie. He quoted that I can't even pee in this thing. He was yelling the, here's the get him Batman part before it even happened. <laughs> you know? So yeah, I can agree. They did. They did. They did give away a lot of the good lines in the, uh, in the trailers. And I, I think back to it. I think they even did that with Wonder Woman. They gave away a couple of, they gave away a lot of the fight scenes and TV spots. So yeah, that's no, just and that's why. I mean, that's why, that's why I told you earlier when you said you, you hadn't seen any of the Endgame trailers. That's a good move. At the same point, the Russos and they did this for Infinity War. They have planted, and a lot of people don't realize this or not remembering the the Russos planted a lot of fake scenes, a lot of scenes that they shot just for trailers to throw people off. Uh, a lot of the scenes that I, that we've seen in the Endgame trailers, I think, are still the first act, and I think that that's the approach that. Any superhero, well, fuck, any movie in general needs to take is stop giving away the the third act fight. Stop giving away some of the best quips from the second and third act. Pull your footage from the first 15 minutes. Pull your footage from the first 30 minutes, but stop giving away all the best moments because had they not done that, this movie comes off a lot fresher to me and it, like it's a full point better in whatever end ranking that I'm giving it because I'm not as overexposed to it as I was. I, I can agree with that. That's where I've gotten to the point where, guys, we do this show, so it would be it would be dumb of us to be like, "Hey, I didn't watch any trailers, so I can't talk about a trailer review." You know, so, I mean, so we're gonna probably watch this stuff. Yeah. Uh, the reason I'm not watching the, the final Endgame trailer is because I didn't need to see Thanos. I don't even know what Thanos. I don't even need to know Thanos is in this damn movie. I mean, obviously, he is. So that's why I'm not watching it. Same with Game of Thrones. I don't need to know anything. I'm there, guys. I'm there. I don't need to see it. So I felt like I could abstain and not, and not watch these and. I was on uh, the Geek Vibe Nations podcast called Geeks Against the Grain, where we take a topic and we just kind of have like different sides of it and we talk about it uh, without being dicks to each other. You know, it's, it's really cool. We can do that, guys. Uh, <laughs> and it, it, that came up and they're like talking about stuff for Endgame. And I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. And they're like, you didn't see the new trailer that came out with the ticket release? I'm like, no, I totally haven't. And they're talking about like what people were saying to Thanos and stuff. I'm like, I have no idea what you guys are talking about right now. So, I guess it, it proves it can still be done. It's just but with something like this, you know, it, it, it was kind of just like, 
out there. You're right. And I felt like they did the same thing with Wonder Woman too. So you can only blame ourselves, I guess. I mean, it's a dumb marketing decision, but you can only blame yourself for watching it. Yes. Yeah. If you can, you can, you can. I didn't think I'd be able to resist another end game trailer, but I'm just like, like they asked the whole thing on that podcast. What are some theories you guys have for end game? And I was like, I'm gonna be really boring with this. I don't have any. I'm just kind of along for the ride on this one. I don't know. It's really weird. And we're doing our Game of Thrones show on Tuesday, and Kyle wants to talk about all these theories. I'm like, I don't know if I have any. I'm sure I will once I start to really think about it. Yeah. No. I mean, we will have plenty of theories uh, Tuesday. Yeah. So, uh, okay. I guess what we say, um, where would you place, I'm say, instead of the usual, like, what would you give this out of 10? Where would you place this in your DCEU rankings right now? Because it's a three for me. So, I think it's about all the DCEU movies. Yeah. Seven. I'm sorry. I can do mine real fast. Uh, Man of Steel is still my number one. Sorry. Uh, yeah, it has problems, but still. Uh, Man of Steel, then Wonder Woman. I think this comes in at three, and then I put Aquaman at four, and then the other three you can just put any order that you want. So I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go seven on up. I, Justice League is seven. I don't, I'm sorry. You don't have to apologize. It gets worse with age. I'm. Um, I'm gonna apologize because I just. It hurts me to put it south. It should it should have been huge, and the fact that the first Justice League movie is always going to be remembered as a complete flop pisses me off, and I hate you, Warner Brothers, for for doing this. Um, I'll go. See, now this is a problem because I like all six of the rest of the movies, uh, Suicide Squad included. Yes, I don't give a shit. I love Suicide Squad. I have seen that movie way too many times. Um, I'll probably put it at six just because I, I just can't justify putting it over the extended version of Batman versus Superman: Dawn of Justice. Yes, I love the extended version. Yes, that's the can. I love it. I think it's a decent movie. Yeah. Um, I'll put Man of Steel above that. I love Man of Steel. I I, I think you and I are, are in agreement. It, it's gotten better with age. I think if you brightened it up, like just a few notches, and put like the class superman soundtrack behind it it's a mud it's like perfect in my opinion at that point uh i'll go aquaman and then shazam and then wonder woman's still the best to me even though the third act the cgi of it is bad um i i love the wonder woman movie i this movie had a budget of they said in between 80 to 100 million dollars I didn't have a problem with the CGI in this movie at all. I thought the CGI was fantastic in this. I, you said you felt like the, you you wished that the, the sense had looked a little different, but I didn't ever once feel taken out of the movie by the CGI. And I expected to with that budget, because even in Deadpool, that budget, I, I was taken out of it by some of the CGI at times. Well, I mean, keep in mind that this was, they've been working on Shazam since 2017. This stopped, this ended filming in... So they've had like a year to touch it up. Early, early May 2018, all the young cast members finished filming their parts. Uh, Principal photography wrapped May 11th. So they've had a, a full year to touch it up and to, to do that. They shot some retakes in December 2018, but I'm sure all the Shazam stuff and all the power stuff, like, yeah, they had a year to do it. They weren't rushing it out. They, they didn't try to condense the timeline. When you put time into it, it's going to look good. Um, so yeah, I didn't have a problem with a lot of the, the stuff either as far as the the CGI goes. I thought they did a good job with making it believable. The best shot in this movie, and I understand why they had it in the trailers, but I wish they hadn't, was the jumping off the roof lightning bolt part. That was so amazing. That's shot. Like that's that's going to end up on that. What's that Twitter account? Uh, One perfect shot. That's going to be it. It's perfect. 
absolutely. I wish they hadn't shown that in a trailer, but again, I understand why they had to, you know, they felt like they got to show you this, something. Wow. Because look, this movie made, it looks like it's going to come in around 56, 58 million domestic uh, for this weekend, which uh, we were talking before the show started. We've been programmed to think, Oh, that's a flop for an $80 million movie guys in worldwide. It's already made its money back. Everything they make from here is gravy. That's Warner Brothers is high-fiving themselves for this much money for this movie with stiff competition. Cash Marvel still making money. Us and Pet Cemetery are, are the good counter programming right now, even though Pet Cemetery was dog shit. We'll get to that another time, <laughs> but they got my money, you know, Hey, they got my money. And uh, obviously uh, end games coming out soon. You know, so I mean, there's there's lots of competition for it. I'm I'm just hoping that word of mouth really helps this one because I feel like I feel like this one is like Greatest Showman, where I felt like it wasn't doing that well, and then word of mouth really turned that one around. I'm hoping that can happen for this one, and it doesn't just get so buried by Endgame that no one even knows it's around anymore. I felt like there's a really bad slot for it. it. Should have been like a February or an August kind of movie. Yeah, no, I I definitely think that this the time frame is a little weird. I, I wish they had released it a little bit earlier, like a, a March or a February, personally. But um, no, I, I thought it was a, a good movie. I think people should go out and see it. I think if you have kids, this is a no brainer because they're gonna want a Shazam t shirt, whether it's red, blue, purple, pink, green, or not gray. No one wants gray. Um, gray's boring color. Um, but yeah, I, don't, I think it's a it's a great movie. And uh, you know, I didn't even think about that. They could sell all the different color t shirts for this if they wanted to after this, because there really is every color, ain't there? Yeah, that's great. Yeah. Um, I guess you know, since I mentioned Power Rangers earlier, shouts to them for not making Eugene's uh, Shazam color suit yellow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but no, DC DC has again they've turned the tide. You know, you had Wonder Woman, you had Aquaman, Justice League, and they've had three good movies in a row. If you take out justice league, which just about so the wonder woman, Aquaman, and Shazam. Um, I, I don't know what the next DC movie is. I don't think there's another one for until next year, but DC has slowly, but surely gained credibility back. Uh, the reviews for this were by far the best reviews for any DC EU property. Joker's this year, but I don't think that's in the universe. Is it? Mm. Movie. Um, At least we think. Maybe, who knows, but again, if that movie is huge, say that movie is huge and just does, say it does Venom money, which is good. And people respond to Viking Phoenix's Joker so well. Do you think they would make a point to try to merge him into the DCU? I don't think that Phoenix is a a franchise guy. He doesn't want to be that guy. He wants to do one movie and be done with it. I don't think he wants to do a a bunch of movies for one year. He's not a franchise guy, and I'm trying to pull up his filmography so I can actually speak to that. I, I don't think he's ever done a, a sequel or – nope, never done a sequel. Um, but at the same time, you know, if this does well, would, could Warner Brothers pay him enough money to be like, hey, fine, you don't have to do this, like, DCEU stuff, um, but what about if we, like, did – earth two version where thomas wayne is your batman and like we we just make it its own little different thing oh you're going flashpoint watch out not flat i'm not saying flashpoint because that's already disappointed me on screen so yeah so i i'm interested to see what's what's really going to happen i feel like like i said it, it this is the team behind that built the conjuring universe with jeff johns now so i feel like they 
they know what they have to do to ease into a university. Understand, be patient, you know, don't be reactionary. Uh, seems like they're on the right path. A couple years down the line, these movies keep, they keep putting out good movies. People are going to start asking for the team up. And that's when you start letting it happen when people are asking for it. So I don't expect us to see a justice league too. If not ever, uh, not before like 2025 or something. I feel yeah. like it's going to ride this stream like they are right now. And it's, it's the right decision. We'll see how Wonder Woman 84 turns out. I'm so excited for that movie. I want to see more about it than just like a blurry VHS tape of the logo before I, I mean, I, I, I like Patty Jenkins a lot. Uh, obviously I love gal, but we'll see. We're going to see. They're talking about making it like James Bond where they like to pretend that the previous movie didn't even happen. And I'm kind of like, Okay, so Steve's just back, and you're not going to tell us why? And all right. Okay. So we'll see. But also might just be Walter Mata speaking out of his ass, you know, because anytime any of these guys say anything. And, and by the way, Suicide Squad, is it a reboot or not? They keep saying, oh, it's a total reboot. And they're like, oh, but we got Viola Davis coming back. We got Joel Kinnaman coming back. We got Jai Courtney coming back. How is it a reboot if it's got the same actors in it? Is that your way of saying this? We aren't going to acknowledge that the other movie ever happened? I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, and Elba isn't Deadshot anymore either. He's some new I mean, Well, I, I guess I have to see a trailer before I make that decision. On Idris Elba is going to be KGB. No, Idris Elba is going to be King Shark. <laughs> he's going to be Bronze. I would love to see him as Captain Cold, personally. Like Bronze Tiger, watch out! <laughs> I, I'm going to put it. I'm going to put it out there now. He's not Bronze Tiger. He's not. He's going to be Captain Cold. You cannot have this movie without a named villain, and they won't have. They won't have some of the names from the first one. The biggest name that's appeared in Suicide Squad in the comics that hasn't appeared yet, Captain Cold. And I could see Idris Elba's Captain Cold against The Flash. Idris Elba has the persona for Captain Cold. He has that demeanor. You believe, I would believe it if he were Leonard Snart. And I, that's, what, that's what I want to see then. That's, that's a problem. It's just, guys, this is the most fan-casted actor on the internet. I'm just, whatever. Just make him be. Just make him be the entire Suicide Squad. Just like have him do the thing where he records seven different roles and they just merge them all on the screen together and have him be the entire thing. The Il- the Elba Squad. Let's just do it. <laughs> like you know, I'm reading that Wheel of Time series right now, and they're probably about to start casting for that TV show. And you'll never guess whose name comes up with every role, every role, even the female ones. <laughs> no idea. <laughs> Oh, well, hey, guys, uh, thanks for uh, checking us out on a weekend. Danny, thanks for doing this for me on early afternoon. I asked if he could do this early because uh, WrestleMania tonight, and even though I'm not the big WWE guy I used to, it's always time for WrestleMania and uh, all female main event tonight. So, hey, that's big. That's a big deal. It's a big deal. I'm, I'm, I'm really excited to see that. What's your plans for the rest of the weekend here? Uh, no idea so far. I have a buddy that usually does a WrestleMania watch party. So My- it's a, it's enough that people – who don't watch it regularly. It's like, uh, Super Bowl. you don't have to, even if there are people who watch football, they'll go watch the Super Bowl. you know? So I mean, ESP, ESPN covers WrestleMania. That's how much of a pop culture event, it, you know, it's become. So, um, you know, other than that, uh, I, I did rewatch some of game of Thrones last week, the first season. Holy shit. These people have aged. Uh, yeah. I was watching a recap thing this morning. Cause I didn't have time to do a rewatch of the show. So it was like a recap, it's like an hour long and it recaps the first seven seasons. They were showing us season one. I was like, Oh my God, John Snow's like 12. <laughs> yeah. 
and that's not a bad thing. Like they just look like babies in the first season. Uh, but it also, and we'll get more into it on Tuesday. Uh, it, it just it, there's so much that's seeded in those first few episodes that you're like, holy shit, they actually paid all of this off. This is incredible. Yeah, guys, uh, Kyle's coming out of his cave to do this special with us. He did our Game of Thrones special with us last year. He usually does the E3 shows with me. Uh, and, and Armin, if you guys watched our uh, last Jedi review, it was the last time we had him on here. Uh, very oh, witty guy. He's I like, say the funniest guy that's ever been on the podcast. <laughs> very, very funny guy. And the thing is, is like uh, me and Kyle, longtime readers, I got Armin to read the series right before the show started. So uh, Danny's going to be the only book version on the show, but that's okay because we want that. We, we're going to be talking about the show because the books. Well, you know, asshole decided he just didn't want to finish them. So we're going to be talking about the show. And I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm excited. About it. I feel like this is the first time one week from the day that I'm actually getting kind of uh, hyped up for it. I feel like I've I've kept my expectations tempered and now I'm excited for it. So uh, I can't wait. So check us out then. And guys, go check out Shazam because uh, it's a good, good time. Um, I guess that's it. Anything else? No. Shazam. Awesome. We'll talk to you guys Tuesday. Okay, geeks, thanks for listening to the show. Now, if you didn't get enough geek material to help you through the week, you can always hop on the TARDIS here and check out the archives on the homepage, Facebook, YouTube, or iTunes. Also, take a moment and subscribe on iTunes and leave a star rating if you get a second as it helps others to find the show. To find us, just simply open iTunes and search for Geek Media Core. Also, be sure to follow the guys on Twitter. The home account is at GMC Podcast. Mike is at Zep1978, and Danny is at DC underscore 612. Thanks for listening, and we'll talk at you next week. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.